The views, opinions, and comments expressed by hosts, guests, and callers of this show are not necessarily those of this station, its parent company, TeleSouth Media, its staff, management, or advertisers. Content of this broadcast cannot be duplicated or used in any way without the express written consent of TeleSouth Media Incorporated. Now, join us for Advisors Roundtable with your hosts, certified financial planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus. It's professional advice for your life. Welcome to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified financial planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus with you here on Super Talk Radio. Thanks a lot for joining in. We appreciate you and all of our sponsors. So, Bubba, you know, we're always uh, railing on and on about people getting their affairs in order and making sure that they have a will and they get asset allocation. They got beneficiary uh, forms all updated. And, you know, that's not the end of the whole thing. Because when you die, there's all of the repercussions of whether you did it right, whether you have it in order, and whether people understand where all the documentation is or not. And the reason I bring that up is uh, difficult children. Mm -hmm. Now, they don't change their stripes very often. Not not usually. So it if you're it does happen, but... If yeah. you're a difficult child mm -hmm. in my lifetime, and I really don't want to have yeah. to deal with you, so I really don't handle everything as I should. You're going to be probably a difficult child after I'm gone. You know, even if you've got the reputation of being a difficult child, mm -hmm. that reputation's probably going to carry with you for quite some time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and not, not just mm -hmm. in your family. Right. Now, I, I've tried to think about the psychological and social and spiritual mm -hmm. reasons that somebody is difficult. Mm-hmm. And I guess there are a number uh, of reasons there. History, personality, uh, how you see the world, whatever. But you can make it not only difficult on other people, but on yourself. Now. I, I had a conversation over the weekend with a teenager. Names will go unnamed, mm, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh, but I, I, I was talking to this individual saying, you know, I, I'm, I'm hearing good reports about you. You're going to class, doing good, and making good grades, All kind of turning a leaf, right? Oh, good. Uh, and he said, yeah, you know what? If you do the right thing, then your parents kind of stay off of you. <laughs> <laughs> you got to have your reasons, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. And I said, you know, and even if you make A's, they stay off of you even more. There you <laughs> right? go. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. And one or two of your teachers and one or two of mm -hmm. your coaches uh, seem to be proud of you and compliment you. Yeah. Mom and dad are, you know, they go. Take the heat off. <laughs> so uh, it's amazing how that works. It really is. Mm -hmm. So these difficult children. Let's let's talk a little bit about how they um, get involved in your life. Mm -hmm. Now, let's say you haven't passed away, and you have a couple of children, and one of them's just difficult. Yep, they've always been difficult. Now, when I say difficult, especially from our point of view as financial planners. Mm -hmm. What am I really talking about? Give me some characteristics of what you would claim to be or uh, give the moniker of difficult person, difficult child to. You can really run the gamut there, right? Mm -hmm. So you can you can uh, talk about difficult children that may be disrespectful, mm -hmm. right? Uh, you know, really aren't very... Uh, 
uh, mannerly, mm-hmm. I guess, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all the way to uh, drug and alcohol dependencies and, and other things, right? Yep. Um, there may be, even be um, uh, situations where you've got a child that has a, a medical condition, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, uh, maybe even an undiagnosed medical di- condition like ADHD or, um, uh, you know, combat. Uh, I, I forgot the name of it. I think it's some kind of combative sim- mm-hmm. syndrome where they just like to argue with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they, they do. And, they, and these people can make life difficult, let's say on a parent. Mm-hmm. They probably made life difficult for them their entire life. Mm-hmm. But here we are, parents in their 70s, 80s, 90s. We know they're in their waning years. These kids in their 40s or 50s, and they've been 40 or 50 years worth of difficult. Right. Yep. Some people just came out fighting. And still continue to be difficult. And, and so here's mom... You know, dad passed away a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Mom's just tired, man. Yeah. She doesn't want to fight anymore. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, she comes into your office and she does a little uh, yearly review and how bad is the market and how is it treating mm-hmm. me. And somewhere in that conversation, every year you bring up the will. Yeah. Have you gotten the will done? Mm-hmm. Have you done any trust work? What have you and I just don't want to deal with it, Bubba. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to address it. Yeah, I'm just tired. And, and you know that difficult child I have? They're, they're just always putting pressure on me. Right. Yeah. Does that sound familiar? I, I, and, it, and it doesn't even stop at children. It can go to gra- grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many times I see it. Yeah. So what what could they do? What could Grandma do if tomorrow she decided, you know what, I'm going to follow your advice, Bubba? Mm-hmm. What are two or three practical things she could do? And she may not have to have a confrontation with the difficult child. Mm-hmm. She can do this work behind their back, right? Yeah. So number one, a will is private, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. it's not going to be um, uh, really <coughs> read or disclosed to anybody mm-hmm. until. Their death. Yeah, it doesn't have to be. So number one, you know, start with a will. Mm-hmm. You know, put down what you wish on paper, mm-hmm. and you know, have it properly notarized and witnessed and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'd, I'd say that's step number one. Yeah. So step number one, I guess, uh, getting the will and everything on the paper goes back to what do you really want? Mm-hmm. What do you think is right? Yeah. What do you think should be done? You. What do you think? Uh, uh, extent of control needs to be uh, at bear yeah. when you're not mm-hmm. here. Sure, and you can you can get pretty specific with this. Uh, so even with my will, I'm very specific with my will, and I've got young children, and I, I you know, I think that they're all uh, angels in my mm-hmm. own eye, right? Mm-hmm. Especially Mary Margaret. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know how they're going to turn out. No. And uh, if if I die and Kimberly's dead mm-hmm. and there is a couple million dollars there worth of life insurance and other things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what what kind of temptation will that be for them? Oh, it, it right? could be a great temptation. And along the way, if one of your children turned out to be difficult, mm-hmm. hard to deal with, hard to reason yeah. with, if you haven't put it in order. Not only is the money at risk for it mm-hmm. disappearing, sure. 
the other two kids are at risk for having to deal with them. That's right. Right? Mm -hmm. So we're going to go to break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about how to specifically handle that and some ways that you may need to think about handling difficult children from the Advisors Roundtable. Thank you for coming back to the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio with Certified Financial Planners Cooley and Labus. So, Bubba, we're talking about dealing with difficult children. Now, we're going to center most of our conversation on difficult adult children. Okay. Let's assume they're adults and you're thinking about getting your affairs in order. Is there anything anywhere that requires you to let them know, first of all, your financial situation, and secondly, if you have a will? Uh, No, there is not anything that requires you to do that. However, dealing with uh, children in this nature, uh, they're going to be very inquisitive, very probing, very Mm -hmm. prodding, Mm -hmm. and uh, in some degree, I think manipulative (laughs) to the degree that they're going to find out from you. Mm Mm-hmm. They're going to uh, do what they think they mm-hmm. need to. Yeah. Whether it's disrespectful right. to you, whether you want them to know or not. Mm-hmm. Now, let's say you don't want them to know. Yeah. Let's say you're secretly a millionaire mm-hmm. and you don't want them to know because maybe you're afraid for your safety or you just don't want to hear them nag. Yeah. Um, or they and, think that because you're a millionaire, you owe them something. Yeah. Which is more often the case, right? Yeah. You've got uh, difficult children or adult children who are uh, still attached at the hip, so to speak, Mm -hmm. and leeching off Mm -hmm. of mom and dad. Mm -hmm. You see that very often? Very often. So let's say that you just say enough's enough and you Mm want to fix this. Yeah. Give me two or three things that a person ought to do to try to deal with these these difficult Mm -hmm. children. And maybe make things a little more private and also begin to get the affairs in some mm-hmm. sort of order that not just in their lifetime, but after their death, there's more yeah. control there. Well, I'd love to say that, uh, you know, for the parent in this situation, it, it's the easiest thing to do is just to cut it off completely, right? Mm-hmm. Say, I'm not talking to you about finances, I'm not talking to you about money, mm-hmm. and I'm not giving you any more money. Mm-hmm. But that's a lot easier said than done, yes, it is. right? Right. Um, especially when you've got family dynamics and emotions and mm-hmm. and all that kind of thing. Maybe involved. grandchildren, grandchildren, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Yep. Right. right. Um, and especially if there's been a, a history of you helping out these difficult children over the the course of their lifetime, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, how much have you been enabling oh. them to continue their behavior? It's a really good word. Yeah. And for those of you who think you're getting uh, to this point. Maybe your children are in their late teens, early 20s, and it looks like mm-hmm. they're going to turn out this way. Yeah. Maybe you can hear something here about how to stop it before it even begins. Right. What was it uh, uh, Barney Fife used to say? Nip it, nip nah. it in the bud. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, if you can, don't even start it. That's right. But as you said, that's easier said than done. Mm-hmm. You see your sweet child, you know, they're homeless. Right. Or they don't have a car. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty difficult not to help. That's right. But you put some sort of stipulations on it. You need to pay me back or I'm going to keep record of this. So your brother and sister mm-hmm. uh, are not hurt by this when the, the whole will and the state is, is divided up. So um, I had a, had a client, a number of clients who have done this. And um, 
and they had uh, two sons. One one was uh, that both of them very very smart, right? Mm-hmm. But one of them that was a little bit more motivated uh, about scholarships, et cetera, et cetera. And the other one who was a little less so. Mm-hmm. They have both turned out very well, responsible, tax paying adults, mm-hmm. uh, that sort of thing. So everything kind of worked out in, in the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, when it came to paying for college, uh, the the parents did this thing called the First National Bank of Mom and Dad. Okay. And they loaned them certain amounts of money every semester so that they could pay their tuition and books and room and board and, and all that. And they kept up with it. They kept up with it. Actually had had the children come in and have uh, notarized notes done, <laughs> that sort of thing, which, you yeah. know, when you sign your name and somebody notarizes it, oh, it's, yeah. it's pretty legit. Yeah, we formalized yeah. the heck out of this. We, we did. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, however, um, one of the students, one of the young men, uh, had scholarships, and uh, and basically the, the parents said, we've got $50,000 for your education. Okay. You can borrow it, but if you don't need it, you know, upon your graduation, we're going to write you a check for $50,000. For the balance or for the balance. whatever's left yep. or the whole thing if you didn't yep. need it. Okay. Along with the, the, the loan provisions were... Uh, certain grade requirements. Mm-hmm. And if you had a certain grade amount, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a, a 4.0 or 3.5, then you had a certain portion of your loan forgiven. Right. Right. So it kind of encouraged them to do right in school and, you know, go to class and okay. make good grades, all, right. all that sort of thing. Right. Like so that. that's that's kind of an extreme example on the good side, right? Mm-hmm. Right. But you had two, two separate personalities there, mm-hmm. and they turned out just fine. Right. Uh, however, I've seen, I can't tell you how many countless times, individuals who are, you know, 40, 50, 60 years old, mm-hmm. Still going to mom or dad saying, hey, I need $20,000 to buy a new vehicle. <laughs> well, what's wrong with the vehicle you have now? Well, I just don't like it. Mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you got back to that word entitled. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, the example you gave of the parent who had these two sons, mm-hmm. it seemed that they kind of felt coming out of high school that one of these boys had the opportunity to become a difficult child. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they set up some structure in the very beginning to multi- to motivate right. him and to let him know, mm-hmm. hey, I'm doing the same for both children. Yeah. And if your brother comes out of mm-hmm. this a whole lot better than you do, yeah, sorry. Right. Right? Do you think that the way they handled it maybe kept the one son, the older son, from actually going down a wrong path? I, I think it definitely helped. It did not hurt at all. No. Yeah. Not at all. Mm-hmm. No, and as I look back on it, 15, 20 years later, and he's doing well mm-hmm. as an adult, he really not, had... not only doing well as an adult, I mm-hmm. think actually thriving as an adult, you I know, I mean, um, has a great job, mm-hmm. uh, married, mm-hmm. uh, putting money away into savings and into 401k accounts. I, I mean, yeah. all the things that, that you, you would know, want your child to that do. you would want. A responsible adult to do. But I'm thinking back, you know, when I knew this kid mm-hmm. and he was 17 or 18 years old, you know, the jury was still out. Yeah. You know? So I think that a, a couple of things that his parents did and some maturity mm-hmm. on his own, right. giving him some. Yeah. But but he realized, you know, the little brother here is kicking my rear end. Yeah. Uh-huh. And mom and daddy aren't making up the slack for me. Sure. I need to make up the slack. Mm-hmm. So there are some structural things that you can think about how you handle these things. The problem I find a lot of times is that these children wait until 
there's only one parent left. Uh, yeah. It's a little bit easier to manipulate one parent than it is two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When mom and dad yeah. had each other to kind of support mm-hmm. each other and talk this about yeah. and set up the structure, it was great. Yeah. But then there's one. When And I'll take it back even further, right? So uh, Kimberly and I always took the, uh, the stance that the United States takes against terrorists. You don't negotiate with terrorists. Right. You don't negotiate with two-year-olds, right? Mm-mm, mm-mm. But as a united front, you can you can lay down the law together, mm-hmm. right, and have one another back you back the other one up, right? Um, but when one of those parents is gone, it's a little bit easier to be manipulated. It, it is because part of the structure. You think think about it psycho, uh, psychologically and practically. Mm-hmm. You know, you got a couple parents here, mm-hmm. and they've been supporting one another, strengthening one another, mm-hmm. showing a united front. When one of them's gone, the one who is left feels that vacuum. They feel mm-hmm. that void, yeah. and they have lost some of the support and love mm-hmm. in the in the household. And it's almost like these difficult children act like, well, I'll help fill in that gap. But you give me something. That's right. It's almost like you're paying somebody mm-hmm. to love you. Yeah. You know, not a not a good situation. No, it's not. So that is a, a, a great example of how to set some structure mm-hmm. up to possibly help it, it, when they're young. But go back to our example. They're in their forties or fifties now, yeah. and you're in your seventies mm-hmm. or eighties. What are some things that, you know, we can be thinking about in the next segment here where they, you can structure your will, structure mm-hmm. your finances, structure your accounts, structure the title on things, structure the distribution and how uh, things are left in the very end and maybe trusts and other things. Yeah. There are some vehicles, right? Sure there are. Right? Yeah. And um, when I'm going to kind of whet the appetite for people going into this next segment, but you know, when you set up a structure for how your your money and your assets are going to be distributed, first of all, you can make sure it's fair, mm-hmm. right? Right. I think most people want to be fair, don't they? Yeah, they do. All right. Then secondly, I think you can make sure it's logical, mm-hmm. right? A lot of times you watch somebody else handle their children or handle their financial situations, and they're doing it because maybe they're out of frustration or it's a quick decision or what. But as you go back and you look at it or a third mm-hmm. party looking in, you think that wasn't even logical, right? Right. Thirdly, you can make sure it's legal, mm-hmm. all right? There are some things you may or may not want to do. You know, I'm going to take my IRA account and I'm going to do here. Well, we need to talk about taxes here. So there there are some things we're going to talk about in this next segment related to the structure of your estate plan that can make sure it's fair and it's logical and and legal. So hang in there with us here on the Advisors Roundtable as we talk about dealing with difficult children. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable, Certified Financial Planners Bubba Labus, and yours truly Greg Cooley with you at the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk. So, uh, Bubba, we're talking about dealing with difficult children, specifically diff- uh, dealing with difficult adult children, um, and how that 
sometimes this affects your finances. Sometimes it affects your relationship. Sometimes it affects your well-being. So uh, what are some things you can do? Uh, we'll get back to a couple of things you can probably do during your lifetime to, to help you out, in addition to try to start early and uh, discourage them from being entitled. But in your will, uh, let's talk about being fair. Mm-hmm. So uh, Daddy Warbucks Phil over here, our executive producer, he has two sons, Greg and Bubba. Bubba's a rule follower and does really well and goes to class and everybody likes him, teachers and coaches. Mm -hmm. And uh, he gets out of school and gets himself a great job and he cooperates and actually every once in a while comes over and helps old Papa mow the grass. Right. Wonderful Mm -hmm. child. Greg's always been a pain in the rear. He's always been difficult. And it doesn't take that much to be a wonderful child, right? Yeah, show up every now and again and maybe mow the grass. Yeah, you know, and you know, uh, be respectful, right? And make them proud of you. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, is that controlling? No, not really controlling. I think it's actually logical. It's probably our basic uh, human responsibility to one another. But we digress. Now you got this difficult child over here, Greg, and he's uh, he's always been entitled. He's always wanting something. He's always looking for a shortcut. Sometimes he may have issues, uh, legal issues that you have to step in and help him with, uh, and maybe even interpersonal relationships with other people because he's difficult with them, and a little bit of an embarrassment to you. And uh, he also wants to get up in your business because mm-hmm. he knows that. Bill's Papa Warbucks. Right. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. You think he wants a little bit of that money now? Of course he does. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about Phil. He comes walking into your office and says, I got these two children, Greg and Bubba. I want to be fair. I love them both. Oh, Greg, he's he's difficult. Mm Mm-hmm. What are a couple things that you would suggest that he does? Not just in his lifetime. We're going to get back to lifetime in a moment. In his will. To be fair and and also to be logical and legal, where would you start? Well, number one, I would talk about the relationship between both brothers mm-hmm. and and how that relationship could be strained upon his death, right? Uh, so if that's the case and we've got one of the brothers who is pretty responsible and who could serve as the executor of the estate but knows... Phil knows that there's going to be issues with that from the other brother, right? Uh Then maybe we talk about who does that job to begin with. So already in lifetime, Mm -hmm. there's probably some angst and some friction between these two boys, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. Because here you are trying to follow the rules and old Greg's over there trying to get everything he can for free. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it probably doesn't sit very well with you over Mm -hmm. the long term, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Right? So uh, you would talk about who's going to fulfill the role of executor Mm -hmm. of the will Mm -hmm. uh, and who's going to administer the estate for Phil, which is, as we've discussed before, is a short-term job. But it could be detailed. Could be detailed. And it could require that from Mm -hmm. time to time, old Greg and Bubba continue to have some friction here. That's right. Right? Mm -hmm. And you as a loving parent may look for opportunities to reduce that. Yep. And you're saying one of the ways to reduce Mm -hmm. it is don't put all this work on Bubba. Right. So what's the alternative? Hire a professional to do it. 
Oh. Hire an attorney, a CPA, a close family friend, you right. know, whoever it may be. Okay. But you hire somebody else to do that role. So you take that opportunity for conflict mm-hmm. out and of... And remove it. And remove it out of the family. Mm-hmm. Have you seen people that you uh, suggested that to and they looked, like, uh, looked at you like you were from Mars? They'd never thought about that? Uh, yeah, a number of times. So that is an option. Yeah, it is. It's a viable mm-hmm. option. Now, let's say that you call up somebody, you know, your youth pastor from high school mm-hmm. or your next door neighbor or your CPA and say, hey, you know, got these two kids. Mm-hmm. I don't want to cause any more friction if I'm gone. Yep. I don't want to put all this, uh, this burden on Bubba. Mm-hmm. Would you do it? Yeah. I think most people will say yes. Most will. Unless Greg is a really pain in the Right. Room. Huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I would say in most instances, most people will do that. Okay. Should I would also say that it's good to have a backup in that position. Okay. Because you never can be uh, sure as to whether or not this executor will be around when you die. Okay. All, All right. right. So you pick your CPA, yeah. and maybe your CPA is a couple yeah. years older than mm-hmm. you. You think you've gotten it all taken care of. You forget the fact that maybe yeah. he predeceases mm-hmm. you. So you think there should be a backup. That's right. Somebody else. Mm-hmm. Should you pay him? Uh, I would mm. make sure that the job is done good and accurately. Yeah, because yeah. you know the difficult child. Mm-hmm. Now he doesn't have Bubba to try to have issues with. He's probably going to try to pick on you. Well, and and uh, you know if you're fulfilling the role of executor for somebody that's a non-family member, mm-hmm. you know there's time out of your work yeah. that it's going to take. Uh, yeah. You know time that it takes to get letters testamentary and a number of different things accomplished mm-hmm. so yeah i mean it 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 could be costly to you yeah now I, I don't know how much that cost would be right but you know if you if you established a, a price from the get-go right. a percentage of the overall estate or right. an hourly rate right. that could be billed yeah uh then at least that individual's compensated for their time and for the work that they're actually doing so i had a situation one time where somebody asked me to be an executor mm-hmm. and uh, so i did it and um, I'm over at the house, and I didn't know there was any conflict between this son and this daughter, mm-hmm. but it went back a long, long time, way before I met any of these yeah. people, mm-hmm. including the deceased. Right. And so they're in there, and they're dividing up, you know, and I don't know that I need to be in there mm-hmm. being referee or whatever, but the attorney for the estate said, you know, one of them's coming in from out of town. He, uh, She may bring her husband. Mm-hmm. You never know. Uh, they're going to be over there on Friday afternoon. I'd suggest you just kind of go over there. Right. Come to find out, this attorney knew mm-hmm. that there was angst between these people, right. but didn't warn me. Yeah. He just said this little mm-hmm. friendly thing. You know, mm-hmm. you may want to go over there. So I'm over there, and I'm standing out on the front porch. I hear a crash. Yep. Okay? I go inside, and the brother and the sister are yelling at one another. Mm -hmm. I get between them and tell one of them to go outside. I can't remember which one it is. and Calm down, and this is not worth this. And, Mm -hmm. you know, give them my little sermon or whatever. And so the, the, the son goes outside. And I go out there, and I said, dude, what was up? He said, I never liked that that lamp anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So 
He didn't want his sister to have it. Yep. He didn't like this lamp. Mm-hmm. This was an opportunity for him. To, I mean, it was almost junior high school. Sure. But I told the, the estate planning attorney, I said, you know, dude, you put me over there in a precarious situation. He said, pay yourself. Yeah. You, you, went, you went through pain yeah. and suffering. Yeah. He said, how, how much yeah. you want to, uh, right. I'm not going to do that. But, yeah. you know, there, there are situations mm-hmm. like that where there's yeah. a little bit of angst. And you're asking somebody else to step in yeah. where you don't want a family member to be. Mm-hmm. Okay. In the case of uh, Daddy Warbucks over here, who is now dead, mm-hmm. and he's got an outside uh, party, so to speak, to be the executor. Right. I think that there are a couple other things that could be done uh, uh, immediately that could satiate some of these issues, okay. right? All right. In this case, Daddy Warbucks over here is rich. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. go ahead and send out a hundred thousand dollars to each of the boys. Right. You know, this is your one time, and then you know the rest of it's going into trust or whatever is going to happen. Right. But go ahead and take your hundred thousand dollars. Go blow it. Buy your four wheeler. Buy a new truck. You know, mm-hmm. your new boat. All that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Right. <clears throat> and that sort of thing. Right. Right. And it may seem odd for me to tell somebody, go ahead and get rid of a little bit of money so that they can go blow it. Uh-huh. Right. Right. But psychologically, uh-huh. if they do that, mm-hmm. then they've gotten a lot of that out of their system, uh-huh. right? So hopefully the remainder of the estate mm-hmm. can remain intact okay. so that they don't blow through it. All right. So this is just a, 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 a method and, and maybe a strategy that you've learned over time dealing with people psychologically. Exactly. Because yeah. you give, in your example, let's say he's worth $5 million. He right. gives each one of these boys $100,000. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, the, the attorney or maybe even the, the documents mm-hmm. they see, say, you know, every, we're going to pay all the remaining expenses of the estate and then right. everything else goes into trust. Mm-hmm. Well, it may take a little while for them to go sure. through this $100,000. Yeah. And mm-hmm. while they're doing that, yeah. this executor can be doing some work, mm-hmm. maybe in peace. And, and it's it's funny to me the way that money, uh, I don't want to say eases, but uh, facilitates the grieving mm-hmm. process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it, it also, at least for a little while, as you said, can kind of salve mm-hmm. some frustrations. Right. Calm some nerves. Mm-hmm. Now, you may be listening and you say, you know, I... Everything together, my life insurance and, and my beat-up house and my beat-up car mm-hmm. and a little bit of my checking account. I'm not worth more than $250,000. Yeah, I right? don't have that much. Well, give them $10,000. Okay. You know, I All mean, right. it, it, the same concept. Yep. Pick a percentage. Yep. Yep. You know, 5 10%. Yep. Go ahead and give it away to, to, to kids just for them to do with and however they want to. Give them the same amount. Yeah. Even though in this case Bubba's the responsible mm-hmm. one, he'll probably use his to start an investment account right. or to pay off his mortgage mm-hmm. or to send his kids to college. Right. He's going to be responsible with his. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Greg's probably going to buy the tunica, baby. And tunica. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Wine and women and then blow the rest yeah. of it. Right. Uh-huh. Isn't that what you say? Well, but that's a, a really valid suggestion mm-hmm. about how to be fair and start being logical. We're going to go to this next break and come back and discuss this a little further. How to deal with difficult children if you're a parent.
of adult difficult children from the Advisors Roundtable. To the Advisors Roundtable, Certified Financial Planners Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus with you here on the Super Talk Radio. We're talking about dealing with difficult adult children. And so, Bubba, we said that we at least have three goals in mind here when we're trying to put together a plan for, you know, what happens to my stuff when I'm done and I have some children that are fairly uh, responsible and one that's difficult. Mm-hmm. And I want to be fair, and I want to be logical, and I want to be legal here. Yep. All right, so your suggestion there that, you know, when I pass away, there's a certain percentage of my assets going cash, mm-hmm. divide it up equally, give it to them, satiate a little bit yep. here. Uh, and, and that seems to be logical, too. Mm-hmm. It's fair. Everybody right. got the same amount. It, it, uh, it's logical. Uh, and uh, probably practical from a psychological, sure. spiritual point sure. of view, and it's legal. Mm-hmm. You can in- instruct that executor, stroke everybody a $10,000 check or yeah. whatever the amount is. Uh, and I think that's a very valid advice mm-hmm. that people need to be listening to. Let's also go to the other thing. Uh, let's say that you know the rest of it. Daddy Warbucks over here. He's worth five million dollars. He gives uh, Bubba his hundred thousand, Greg his hundred thousand dollars, and mm-hmm. whatever they do, Daddy Warbucks can't control. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. And he knows that he hasn't been able to control Greg from the birth. Sure. Yeah. Right. So you know he's just doing this to try to be logical and and mm-hmm. fair and legal. Okay. But the rest of it. Bubba and Greg know it's all going into a trust. Right. Now, the mechanics of and the framework of a trust requires there's a trustee mm-hmm. and probably an asset manager. That's right. Let's talk about those jobs for just a okay. second. Now, you said that the executor job, getting everything where it's supposed mm-hmm. to go, is a temporary job, right? right? Mm-hmm. Okay. But is this trustee job more than temporary? It's uh, as for the lifetime of the trust. Mm-hmm. So if, depending on the way the trust is written, you know, mm-hmm. it could be for a thousand years, <laughs> you know, if you, right. if you domicile in certain states, right. uh, that sort of thing. Right. Generally speaking, it's going to be for the lifetime of whoever the beneficiary is okay. and or their, their children or grandchildren. All right. Well, nobody lives forever. Nobody lives forever. So if, let's say that he set this trust up so that it would last for two or three generations. Yep. Well, your trustee's probably not going to last that way. That's right. So how do you get past that? What are some strategies there so that you know you have somebody in charge following your rules that you wrote in the trust? Well, you typically want to name a corporate trustee and probably the ability for the beneficiaries to choose a trustee later on. Later on. Okay. So if you named your CPA Mm -hmm. as your trustee... Nobody lives forever, as right. I said, and so or the CPA decides to retire, mm-hmm. and now you know is resigning as trustee from that particular. Trust. Or he doesn't want to deal with Greg anymore. Doesn't want to deal with Greg anymore, <laughs> right? Well, it you know it's uh, I, I guess uh, the responsibility at that point, uh, if it's written in such a way that uh, Greg and Bubba have to find a new trustee. Okay, or you named a corporate trustee mm-hmm. as a backup to your right. CPA. Which would be a trust department, a bank, okay. uh, you know, anything, any entity that could could do those those types. And of And if jobs. you pick a corporate one, mm-hmm. an entity, that's probably not just one person there mm-hmm. at that bank or that trust right. department. They could conceivably go on and on and on. Sure. Right. Yep. You could have a trust officer mm-hmm. that could serve in that job as long as mm-hmm. they worked. 
right. or until they retired or were disabled or died. Mm-hmm. And there would probably be another trust officer steps in yep. inside that entity, mm-hmm. which would give you some longevity here following the rules that you set out for Bubba and Greg right. and their offspring. Mm-hmm. Okay, So there was another job, however, the asset managers, yep. the financial advisors, the, mm-hmm. uh, the people who are actually managing the money. Right. Okay. And when you're talking about $4.8 million, that's a lot of money. Yeah. And managing distributions coming out of that uh, for the heirs. And not necessarily how they come out, but how much is available to come out. And you put all that in the trust document? Right. Mm -hmm. Now, we're talking about here uh, a little bit of privacy and how do you keep things fair, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So let's say that Greg, in this instance, has taken loans from Daddy Warbucks over the years, Mm -hmm. equating to $300,000 and has not paid those back. Right. Well, that needs to be accounted for for in in basically the will. So right? if you had four point eight, supposedly two point four is going for an uh, 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 an account for the benefit of Bubba, right? And uh-huh. two point four should be for Greg, but yeah. it's really two point one. Two point one for you and two point seven for me, because that you, because you your... got your three hundred thousand during your lifetime, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So uh, another thing that I see is is a potential issue with that is uh, you know again trying to maintain some form of relationship between the two brothers. Yes. So rather than putting all the stipulations of the trust inside the will, yeah. What if uh, Daddy Warbucks Phil over here created a trust for each boy uh-huh. during his lifetime that had its own set of rules? Individualized to each one of them. Individualized to each one of them. And then at his death, Mm -hmm. the trustee and executor Mm -hmm. for his will, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. All he does is separates it and goes into each one of these trusts that Mm -hmm. are already established. My provisions and my trust may be a lot less lenient uh, or more lenient than what yours would be. Right. Because we know that you're going to go through the money just as as quick as could be. (laughs) So Daddy Warbucks wants to put some handcuffs on you. So do I have to... The, yeah. the the difficult child, mm-hmm. do, do I have to know what the provisions are of yours? You wouldn't know in this case. Uh, now, if it was uh, if it was uh, jotted out in the will, right, mm-hmm. then you would know. Mm-hmm. Because, you. I mean, that's, you know, you can look at that. It's public record, all that kind of thing. Right. But if you've got your own separate trust mm-hmm. and all the will says is, hey, during my lifetime, I set up these two trusts for my boys. Yep. And when I die, put yep. this much money there. Two point seven million goes into the Bubba Labus yeah. Trust, and two point one million Cooley. goes into the Greg Cooley Trust. Yeah. And I'm probably going to assume that your trust looks like mine. Yeah. And if you keep your mouth shut, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Right. 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 And you know, you might have a little more discretion over your money. That's right. Okay. I may get distributions of principal a lot sooner than you do. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe they all, all they do is just give me interest. Yeah. Whatever the thing mm-hmm. makes every month, that, yeah. that's what they dribble out to me. Mm-hmm. And and that may be pretty nice on yeah. $2.1 million. Right. Mm-hmm. Huh? Now. You you may have uh, made Phil so disgruntled that he completely bypasses you and puts everything into grandkids' names. That <laughs> could you know? happen, right? Yeah. That could happen. You get your hundred grand and that's it, buddy. Yeah, and you could talk about, you know, bypass trust and mm-hmm. generation skipping and all that sort of stuff. We could get really, really um, um, technical here, but you know, Daddy Warbucks earned this money and by mm-hmm. and large, 
You know, yeah, we hear all kinds of whining from time to time about estate taxes and that sort of thing, but it very rarely affects very many people considering the the level of the estate tax exclusion right now. While we've got a few minutes here, though, I I think it's important to say that even uh, given the fact that that Phil in this case is single, Mm. assuming that he had a spouse Mm. in this case, right? Okay. And assuming that he passed away first, Mm-hmm. The same estate planning can be done. Okay. So you can leave your assets in trust to a spouse. Okay. And have a trustee over that. Okay. To ensure that Greg doesn't go play on the heartstrings of Mama ah, yeah, to yeah. take money away from Mama. Ah, yeah, yeah. Because if you leave it just straight out right to her, yeah. you didn't do some protecting, some mm-hmm. level of protection that could be there. That's right. Because if you helped out, before you passed away and left it to your spouse, then when Greg comes calling, Mama can always say, the trustee won't let me because yeah. he says legally this is the way it has to be, mm-hmm. right? Right. Does that really give some comfort to that surviving spouse, maybe? I think it would, yeah. Right. And a little bit of backup uh-huh. to be able to say no. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, my, my hands are tied. Everything's in trust. I'm not allowed to, to even get this money. I wish you could, baby. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. I can't, right? And I'm on a fixed income, (laughs) right? (laughs) Granted, it may be $200,000 a year, but still a fixed income. Whatever's coming out of that trust to her first, right? Yeah, Yeah. and and that's a a really good suggestion, I think, for people who are practically dealing with difficult children. Now, I know that this seemed to be a, a negative show here, but it's practical. It's very practical, and I, I think in, in the long run could be used to benefit uh, both children, grandchildren, and uh, surviving spouses. And no doubt at all. And, you know, it's not that expensive. Mm-hmm. If you ask around and try to get some good advice now while you're alive right. to be able to elicit some sense of control here and try to help people and not hurt them. From the point of view of the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. discussion and content expressed by the host of the Advisors Roundtable are intended to be received as news, educational, and entertainment or unit items and are not to be accepted by the listener as legal, investment, insurance, or tax advice. Opinions and views will be expressed by guests of the Advisors Roundtable and those opinions and views are those of the guests alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Advisors Roundtable host or any of its affiliated radio stations. All information provided is educational in nature and is not intended to be acted upon without first consulting the appropriately licensed professional of your choosing. Before acting upon any information obtained during an advisor's roundtable broadcast, an individual should understand matters are extremely tax-specific and require advice tailored to individual facts and needs. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Andrew Labus are registered representatives of S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated. Securities offered through S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Ignite Planners, LLC. Ignite Planners, LLC is not affiliated with S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated.